passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Silver and Black Today listening to us on the air, on the radio, on the bet in Las Vegas. Thanks for being with us. Also, we are an Odyssey original podcast. That's right. So if you're listening to us on the radio right now, just pick up your phone wherever you get your audio. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the show. And uh, we are here all week long. So not only do you get the show here on Saturday, but you also get the show all week long, like on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Wednesdays and post games. So make sure you do that when you get a chance. Mo Moten, Scockle Branson back with you. We are talking Raiders football as we get set for the Raiders versus the Vikings on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium uh, as we enter Week 14 in the NFL. This segment, we're going to talk about young players, right? Raiders have a ton of young guys on the roster, but how have they done? Who must show progress? Who has to, over these last five games, prove that they belong? Mo, let's start there. Let's start uh, on the offense. You mentioned one guy, I think, that you talked about on your Bleacher Report Live, and that, of course, is Trey Tucker. Trey Tucker, I thought when he was drafted, uh, was a was a project, and I think he is still. I think he has the ability, he has the speed. He is the Raiders' one speedy dude. 
He needs to still develop better route running. He still needs to catch the ball a little better here and there, but he's made some spectacular catches this year. He's done better than I thought he would. Uh, how do you look at him and what has he got to do over these next five games so that the Raiders or whoever's coaching the Raiders and, and the GM of the Raiders looks at him and says, we got to build around him versus maybe thinking, ah, he's a project. We got to go find somebody else. Well, right now he's a gadget player to me. Now, he could be effective on those gadget plays, those end of rounds, wide receiver sweeps, the occasional deep throw downfield off a play action of a play fake. But I think he could be a more consistent pass catcher in the slot. But, of course, he is splitting snaps with Hunter Renfro, who also plays in the slot. Devontae Adams actually lines up in a slot a whole lot. Jacoby Myers is more of an outside wide receiver now, but he's also capable of lining up in the slot. So Trey Tucker has got to split all that time, and, and he's not an outside wide receiver, so he's very limited in that sense. So if you're looking at Trey Tucker in his long-term future, you're thinking, okay, is he just a gadget guy or can he be our primary slot wide receiver? And this is why I say Hunter Renfro's got a lot to prove because he's competing with Trey Tucker in his future. Now, as far as Trey Tucker's concerned, if I'm looking at him as an incoming GM or head coach, I'm saying we're, not, we, we're definitely not going to build our offense around him. He's a small slot wide receiver. But he can give us the explosive plays that we've been missing. The Raiders are at the bottom of the chart when it comes to explosive plays. And that's what Trey Tucker can specialize in for this offense. He's not going to get you 100 catches in the season. But you know what? He can average 20 yards per catch. And he can get those long passes down the field and open up the offense. I compared it to how John Gruden used Henry Ruggs III. Not to bring up Henry Ruggs III for what he did, but if you look at how – Gruden used Ruggs. Even when Ruggs wasn't going to get the ball, defenders had to respect his speed. And what did that do? That opened up the underneath routes for the tight ends, for the other wide receivers, and also the run game. The Raiders can do the same thing with Trey Tucker going forward. Defenders are going to have to respect his deep speed, and that can open it up for Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and everyone else, including Josh Jacobs, if he is the running back of the future. So I think Trey Tucker has to be more involved. I want to see him on the field for at least 40% of the snaps going forward. Yeah, no, I, I 100%. And that's why I mentioned the speed in the last segment, because the Raiders need it. And it's not because you are necessarily going to have a quarterback that's throwing at 60, 70 yards in the air. I'm not, I'm not saying they have to be an incredible vertical team. If you look at the NFL today, even the Dolphins, who have the longest touchdown passes of the season and clearly leading the league in all those stats, it's it's yards after catch because he's you have Tua hitting people like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell in the stride, yes, their speed gets them in the open, but the passes aren't long. So so the speed breaks it open, and it also opens up the running game, as you saw in Miami, too, this year. So I think that, that you're absolutely correct. Moving on the offensive line, Mo, you got a couple of young guys up there. You have Dylan Parham, obviously, on the left side. On the right side, kind of in a, in a, in a rotational role, you've had Theo Munford Jr. Both guys have played pretty well, but I don't know that they – I mean, Parham maybe – but with Munford, he's shown great, great promise. But has he come along so much that you think, well, we have a long-term starter there? As of right now, no. If I'm the Raiders, I'm, de- I'm definitely drafting another offensive tackle. Yeah. There, Munford, why he's been solid, he is not preventing me from drafting a top player at the position. If you remember, Peter King was in the Raiders' draft war room, and the Raiders were interested in Paris Johnson Jr. out of Ohio State, who would have played right tackle. They were interested in Anton Harrison, who I believe went to the Jacksonville Jaguars out of Oklahoma. So they were interested in a couple of first-round offensive tackles. That lets you know what they thought about Jermaine Luminar. They also gave him a modest deal. Now, I like a Luminar, 
But I, I, even I understand that right now he doesn't look like the long-term starter at that position opposite Colton Miller. If you can upgrade it, you upgrade it because right now, and I'm sure this is not going to stick, but right now they have a, a quarterback who's not naturally mobile. So when you have a quarterback who's less mobile, you need a strong offensive line. Now, I think the Rays are going to have a different starter come week one of the 2024 season, but you still want to protect that quarterback wherever that is, especially if it's a top 10, top 15 uh, pick investment. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well said. Uh, we will skip Aiden O'Connell because we've talked ad nauseum about him over the last couple of weeks. You just mentioned a little bit about that, and we'll revisit that as we get further into the season. Uh, on the defensive side, you look up front, too, uh, and it starts uh, up front, right? So you have Max Crosby, not a young player anymore, uh, but with Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson, we said it. By midseason, we wanted to see where he was. He's not there yet. Now, we also know, and this is not an excuse because I, I've di- I've disappointed in Tyree Wilson thus far, but we also have seen a lot of reports about how the injury he had, the Liz Frank injury with the foot, all that, can take up to a year to recover. So I, I, I'm, not, I'm not willing to call him a bust. I am willing to say that he's been disappointing in year one. Now, year two, he's going to have to prove it. Uh, if he doesn't prove it and doesn't come along, uh, I, I don't have a ton of optimism there, Mo, but I, I am leaving my mind open to him with a full training camp, with a full offseason of, of, of treatment and workouts, uh, giving him the chance to do that. The Raiders are going to because you have to. You, you drafted him seventh overall, uh, and, and you're not going to cut him. But uh, I do have concerns there about his long-term viability. Definitely do have some concerns there, but like I said, anytime you bring in a new coach staff, you have to think brand new. So the way I'm looking at it is from a macro standpoint, I know you mentioned Devontae Adams, but anyone other than the pro bowlers or all all pro players on the roster are not safe. Whether you have an injury history, you had a down year, you had some spots here where you were effective and then were not, you know, you brought up Dylan Parham on the line. You brought up Jermaine Illuminar. Now, Dylan Parham, I think, actually could be a starter. But has he, like you asked me with Thayer Mumford, has Dylan Parham played good enough where you're thinking, we don't need an upgrade. We're good here. We could develop Dylan Parham into a, a starter for the for a decade plus. And I would say the answer to that is no. So even if, even if Antonio Pierce stays and Champ Kelly stays, I think they have to reevaluate this roster. Because if you look at the last two draft classes, hasn't been that good for the Raiders. So if you're Chip, if you're Champ Kelly going into Mark Davis's office and you're pitching your plan long term, it has to be different than the plan that you had along with Dave Ziegler. Because if you look at again, you look at those last two draft classes, hasn't panned out very well. No, and then the three in front of that. So it's five draft classes in a row, three really bad and two below average. So that's not good for your long-term viability as a championship team. And so you're absolutely correct there. Uh, tell me about everybody else. We get back to, you talked about Divine Diablo in the last segment. I mean, I know he's not a rookie or a second-year player, but he is a guy young and coming into his own. We have to see what he can do over the last five games. Talk about, we, have, we, we got young guys in the, in the backfield here, and this is where you get up and down with Nate Hobbs uh, and, and Amik Robertson, of course, who's, who's passed the rookie and sophomore stage, but still has played well. When you look at that young defensive backfield, uh, who who really has the most to prove heading into these last five games? 
even though he just joined the Raiders roster, I think Jack Jones has a lot to prove because, believe it or not, he's under contract with the Raiders through the 2025 season. So it's not, this is not, doesn't have to be a one and done thing. And I pointed out on my Bleach Report Live that he was the guy that stepped in when the Raiders, after the Raiders benched Marcus Peters. So I think he's going to be the first in line to get that starting job opposite of Meek Robertson with Nate Hobbs in the slot. If he proves that he could be a solid starter as he did in New England as a rookie in 2022, I'm not saying that the Raiders pass on top cornerbacks, but then they're not in dire straits at that position because I also point out that Meek Robertson is going to be an unrestricted free agent this upcoming offseason. And I'm sure he's going to get some offers from other teams because he's having his best year. So it's not a guaranteed lock that Amik Roberts is going to be back with the Raiders in 2024. So they got a plan. They have to have a plan B for that. If they lose Amik Robertson, who's going to be who are going to be your outside corners? Because Nate Hobbs, to me, in my opinion, is best in the slot. If you lose Amik Robertson and Jack Jones as a pan out, now you probably have to draft two cornerbacks because Jacorian Bennett hasn't shown he could be a full time starter as of yet. Yeah, he hasn't. I know he's had injury too. It's tough too when when young guys get injured because. The more football they play, the, the better you can address whether or not they're catching on, especially like a guy with like Jacorian Bennett, who who has times has looked good and other times has looked bad. But that's that's part of the rookie process. It's a hard position to play in the NFL with uh, with savvy receivers and when you're coming into into the league. So we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, who else? Anybody else I missed there? What about the safety position? The safety position to me, I, I wasn't a big fan of Mark Concepts. Has he been solid, decent? Yeah, yeah. but I, yeah. I think you... If, you, if your defense wants to step it up a notch, you need a playmaking safety that's going to be around, be a ball hawk. Now, Trayvon Merrick has had a pretty good year, and he mm-hmm. stepped it up. But is would you call him a ball hawking safety? I would say no. Say he's a solid young safety. And I, I think the Raiders have been forced in turnovers this year. But in order to sustain that, because I've watched the, the patterns of turnovers and takeaways, that can fluctuate. I don't know if you remember, Scott, the Raiders were like top three or top Top two in takeaways in 2016 uh, when they went to the playoffs that year. And then it kind of fell off of a cliff. Turnovers come and go. But when you have a ball hawking safety or a ball hawking cornerback, typically you're going to be at least in the middle of a pack in that stat category. If the Rays want to continue, their defense wants to continue to make strides, they got to continue to force turnovers because they're, they still don't have enough talent yet to consistently get off the field on third downs and depend on that without the turnovers. Right. Yeah, absolutely. One of the young guys that I think has proven himself, even though he's been underutilized, and I know people will say, well, it's because you're a Notre Dame fan, but I think Michael Mayer, because when I watch the All-22, Mo, I see his blocking, and it has gotten light years better than it was at the beginning of the year. Uh, he's he's done so much better in that, and, and that's, that's huge, especially with Aiden O'Connell back there. He's not going to move around a lot, and he's a rookie, too. Um, I like what he's done there. They they need to design more around him, but he's even being a decoy better than he used to. Like he's his route running has improved. I've seen over the course of the last three games as I've watched his his play, and I think that that is important. But the blocking, not just blocking and pass protection, but also in run in run opportunities as well. You see him getting out there and and hitting blocks he wasn't hitting before. I've seen the improvement in his blocking compared to early in the season. But what I do want to see is him get the ball more yeah. because that's what you that's why you draft the tight end in the Correct. second round. Right. You don't draft the tight end in the second round because he blocks very well. <laughs> you want that guy to contribute to your passing attack. And that that was his strong suit at Notre Dame. And I would like to see the Raiders feature him more in the passing game. Forget about Austin Hooper. He's not the long term future there. Jesper Horst, Horstead, we love you, but 
He's not a big part of the offense. He never was. No. You drafted Michael Mayer in the second round. You moved up in the second round for a reason. Get him more involved in the passing game because he can elevate that unit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, I'm going to throw a wild card question at you before we hit the break and, and then go into our last segment where we'll preview the game with the, with the Vikings. And that is Devontae Adams. So much around the turmoil with Josh McDaniels and then his firing and then right after. So much has been focused on get him the ball. You got to get him the ball. You got to get him the ball, which I understand to a certain point. This next five games, uh, he's, he's said all the right things. And depending what happens, you know, who the coach is, what they do at quarterback next year in the draft or free agency, because they could, they could go get a free agent instead of drafting a guy. I'm just saying, if that happens, what, what do you, what do you want to see from him um, the, the last few weeks of the season? Devontae Adams, and I'm, I think we may have slightly different views here. I, I think, I want to say Devontae Adams is untouchable. But in no way, if I'm a GM coming in, do I want to trade arguably, you know, well, not arguably, but my best player on offense. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I'm just under no circumstances I'm doing that. There's nothing that Devontae Adams can or can't do to convince me that, that the Raiders should just offer him up for a trade, unless you're giving me, you know, a top two pick to get Devontae Adams. And of course, if you're giving me a deal I can't refuse, then I have to, of course, think about that. But it, barring that, like Devontae Adams, to me, it what I want to see from him is just be a leader. And that's not a production thing. That's not something on the field. Just be a leader, even with you know, if the Raiders lose the next five, lose the next four or five. I just want to see Devontae Adams continue to be that leader in the locker room because as the Raiders re- rebuild this roster, they're still gonna need their leadership core in place, especially if you're not gonna resign Josh Jacobs, who's been a captain. So I just want to see Max. And Devontae continue to be the leaders they have been all this whole time. And I agree 100% on that one. And I think I think with Devontae Adams, the key is has nothing to do with the next five games. I think the key for him, because I don't, I think you're right. I wouldn't want to trade him. I wouldn't try to trade him unless somebody knocks on my door with, a, like you said, an offer you can't refuse. You always have to entertain those. Yeah. But he may not want to stay. I know he does now, and he said all the right things. But depending what the decision around the coaching staff depending on what they do, just like they did last year, right? They they asked him, and I think he begrudgingly decided <laughs> to support what was going on, and it turned into a disaster, and, and, and clearly he was communicating that as, as we went through, and it didn't sound like what Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler told him was going to happen happened, and I think that was probably the Tom Brady thing, by the way. Um, but but to me, if I'm, if I'm Devontae Adams, I'm waiting to see what you do, Raiders, before I decide whether or not I start going to you in a, in a, in a, not, not in a confrontational way in the offseason say, Hey, listen, guys, I see what you're doing here. I accept it. I get it. But yeah, it's not for me. So trade me, whatever. Now doesn't mean he'll be traded, but clearly I think that Devonte Adams, you're right to me. You don't get rid of your best player. 
I think the old adage, and I think it was Bill Walsh who said this, if I'm reading back uh, a book I read about um, his time with the 49ers, Bill Walsh used to say this, and this is the mistake that Josh, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler made. It's not, it's not Devontae Adams' fault at all. And I think we all got blinded by it because he's such a great player. And that is a team that does not have everything else in order. The last thing you should trade for when you have needs, meaning the last piece you need is a, is a, is a top-notch wide receiver. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. If you think about it, you need offense, defensive line. You need a quarterback. You need all the other skilled positions. And then if you have the ability to go out and get a guy like Devontae Adams, you get him because it's the last piece in the puzzle. You got it all locked in. And now, boom, you go. The Raiders did it backwards. They just did it backwards. Uh, and instead, they went and got Jimmy Garoppolo, who couldn't even get the ball to the guy. So that's not his fault, though. But they are where they're at. And if they can start to build around him in the time he's got left and they do it the right way, I think Devontae Adams will be happy, right? Even if it means that next year isn't a 10-win season, as long as they're going in the right direction, they got the young guy at the quarterback position or whatever, then I think so. I, so I think it's up to the Raiders on this one. I think the Raiders need to prove to him something over the next five games and really in the offseason. So you're, you're flipping the table and saying he's got to put the Raiders on the clock. He's like, show me what your plan is, not just for yes. the, in the last five weeks, but going into the offseason to convince right. me that I should finish my career here. And I think that's a very good point. Because even though Raider fans are going to hate us talking about this, if he's not happy and he sees that his career is on the back nine, he wants to win football games and he doesn't see the Raiders going anywhere, you can't rule out him saying, hey, I want to play my last you know, two to three years with a contender because it's not working out here. Regardless right. of that, and I understand, we're not saying he wants out now. He said no. all the right things. He said no, he no. wants to be here. He said he wants to see it out. That's right now. But as we all know, Things, Things change. change over time. Who Amen. are the Raiders going to hire as a head coach? Who are the Raiders going to hire as a general manager could affect how he feels about his direction with the team. Right. And he is a generational player. He's probably, I'm going to say, three years left, maybe, maybe four, right? Depends. Uh, and so if I'm that guy and I've been that good, I want to win. Okay. So unless you, if you do something and I think, man, this isn't it then I would respect it. And it doesn't have to be acrimonious. It could be straightforward. Just say, hey, look, I love being a Raider. always wanted to be a Raider. I was a Raider and I always will be. But I want to go win and you guys are now doing this. And so I'm going to have to do that. Hopefully it doesn't happen. Listen, I hope for fans it doesn't happen. I hope for, for him it doesn't happen because, you know, you don't want to uproot your family all the time. But certainly it's I, – I agree. You said it the best, which is I think he's got to put the Raiders on notice and say, show me what you got. All right. And he has that type of he has that type of leverage too, because as you say, he's arguably the best wide receiver in the game. So yes. if, if he wants out, teams are going to line up for him. That's correct, hundred percent, absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for that discussion. Uh, we're going to come back. We got a little bit of time left here on the show, six or seven minutes, I think it is. We're going to take this quick break when we come back here on the Bet in Las Vegas and also Odyssey Original Podcast. We're going to go over the game. Yes, the Vikings versus the Raiders. We'll talk a little bit about this matchup and who has the edge here as we move along here on Silver and Black today. It's Mo, it's Scott. Don't go anywhere.